Well, hey guys, and welcome to the Grow Podcast. We are so happy that you're here. Uh, as a reminder, I'm Ashley, your host for the monthly grain segment of this podcast, brought to you by the Landis Grow Solution Center. So today we have taken the grain segment on the road to just really stay up to date with those agronomy guys um, of the side of the podcast. And we are at Iowa State University. Today we're going to be chatting with Mike Gall. And Mike is the Director of Career Services here at Iowa State University in the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. So, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ashley. I'm <laughs> impressed that you got the college right on your first try there. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I'm an alum. I, I better. I, you better have that right. <laughs> Absolutely. No, thanks for having me here today. I'm excited to talk about some of the trends that we're seeing out there in the labor market. And it's all good. Yeah. Well, okay. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about sure. yourself yeah. and so, what you do. Uh, as, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm the director for the College of Ag and Life Sciences Career Service Office here. And uh, uh, I've been in the role for 25 years. This June was my 25th year. And uh, quite honestly, it's it's the best job on campus. And I think the reason why <laughs> it is the best job on campus is because we work with the best students on campus here, right? And so um, those and, and the employers really make it a, a delightful job. So what's unique about Iowa State is that we have, which a lot of maybe the listeners don't realize, is that we have what we call a decentralized career service system here, meaning every college has their own career service office. So about 85% of the schools in this country have what we'd call centralized shop or centralized career services. So the student might go in there, maybe you're an agronomy student, you Mm -hmm. go in and you're going to meet with a generalist who probably has no idea what even agronomy is about. And what do they do? They probably spin you back to a faculty member in that department where you talk about careers there. And so we're unique in that every college, whether it's ag, whether it's business, engineering, we have our own career service office. And so, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm biased, but it works really, really well for uh, all our students, employers like you and, and everybody, they know where to go. Let's yeah. put it that way, plain and simple, they know where to go with things. Yeah. Okay. And a little bit about yourself. So yeah, um, a little bit about myself. I actually grew up um, just outside Chicago. Okay. And um, I went to school up in Decorah at Luther and had a had, had a wonderful experience up there. Came down to Iowa State for my master's in horticulture and and, and worked in Hort till about 1998 and had a great job there. In fact, you know, uh, Barb Klaassen, I don't know if you ever had any classes with Barb in, in Hort, um, she took over for me. So I was there in the 90s okay. and, and the department chair that we had at the time was really a visionary because he's like, Hort's getting ready to explode. We need to capitalize upon that. And so... Um, I want you to start recruiting, going to high schools, and and it was a great run. We we when I started in '93, I think we had 91 Hort majors. When I left mm-hmm. in in '98, we were over just over 300 there. And timing, you know, the timing is everything in life. But timing was good because of two things in the '90s. One, uh, a tremendous housing boom was going on, so the demand for all sorts of horticultural products was high. Mm-hmm. And then two, who came on stage. Tiger Woods, right? And so every guy that loved to play golf, oh, I'm going to be a golf course superintendent. And I think at that time we had about 180 turf majors in, in, in Hort. And so, you know, you're always, you know, you're always challenging yourself to look out for that next opportunity. And fortunately, I worked with uh, Roger Brini, who I'm sure a lot of the Landis, you know, customers out there, if they came here or even employees, worked with Roger in the 80s and 90s. And Roger, I had I talked to him last Friday. He's doing great, 88 years old, enjoying retirement. But I had worked with him when I was in Hort. And he's like, you need to keep this job in mind. And and thankfully, I remember the day he called up, he's that that's it. I met with my financial advisor and I'm <laughs> out of here. And I want you to apply for the job. And so uh, it was really nice to have Roger, you know, kind of have my back in that. And so I went through the process and things turned out. And 
Um, a, it's hard to believe it's been 25 years, but B, I'm telling you, it's the best job on campus. Yeah. Because of the students and employers that I get to work with there. I'm just, I'm just, it, it, I'm honored. Yeah, know? for sure. Okay. Well, I think before we dive, you know, too deep into some of the topics that I want to yeah. cover with you today, I mean, give us kind of an overview, right? Of like, what does Iowa State University offer as far as students go in the college of, you know, ag and life sciences, as far as, you know, hands-on learning is yep. huge, right? Um, and just, Talk about the internships, sure. things like that. Yeah, so I, I jotted down a few stats for you. So we won't have a grasp on fall enrollment until probably second week of September. But mm-hmm. looking back last year, we had uh, just under 3,800 undergraduates in the college. Okay. okay. Um, and as you know, we have, I believe, 25 to 26 different majors here yeah. in Cal's. And boy, they're all over the board from traditional production ag to, you know, global resource systems and food science and, and microbiology and Allergy. So really quite a diverse array of majors there. Um, one of the stats that I think Cal's is really proud of is the fact that our retention rate, meaning the number of students that come back after their freshman year mm-hmm. into Cal's that stick around, it's 88%. It's the highest here at the university. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I hope you agree with me, but I think it's very reflective of the fact that we take advising here in Cal's very, very seriously. So there's a yeah. great sense of culture and camaraderie with our students and, and faculty and staff here, which helps with that retention rate from that standpoint. Um, one of the interesting things is that um, we have 57% women in Cal's now, 57%. That, that is, that's fantastic. Um, and um, when we look at our majors, like I said, 25, 26 majors there, our biggest major, no surprise, animal science, mm-hmm. right? It's everybody do vets. We'll talk maybe a little about vets here in, in a bit, um, high demand for them. Our second largest anim- is animal ecology, okay. um, which these are students that love the outdoors and fisheries technician, wildlife biologist, park ranger, stuff like that. Ag biz is our third largest, mm-hmm. um, ag studies. And then I believe the fifth is, is biology. So those are some of our, our, our really um, um, large number of majors there. About 30% of our, our students here in Cal's are from outside the state of Iowa. And that number's grown a little bit really? too. Yeah. So that's a little bit about, you know, the whole demographics of the college. Obviously, in my office, we're concerned with how are these students faring when they do graduate. And yeah. so um, for us, you know, our placement rate, you know, speaks for itself. Um, uh, our, our most recent placement rate would have been reflective of summer 01, summer 2021, fall 21, and spring 2022, we're always a year behind because mm-hmm. we give students six months before we yeah. do the final placement. So our most recent ones, we, we released those in um, February this year. Our placement rate was 98.9%. So in the 25 years that I've been here, that's our second highest uh, placement rate that I've ever seen. So we take a lot of pride in that. Um, and am I surprised by it? Not, not in the least, given the labor market. Yeah, I, yeah, I, for sure. I, I would expect it to be really, really high. But when we talk about placement too, a thing that I always clarify with with people is that when people hear placement, they think this is totally jobs, right? Placement encompasses three things. It includes those that have taken jobs. It includes those that go on for further education. Okay. And it also includes a very small percentage that have military obligations mm. too, okay? So this year, I believe about 83% hopped into the, the labor market, had jobs of mm-hmm. those about 94 to 95 percent 
were we would classify as professional jobs, meaning you had to have a degree mm-hmm. in ag business or agronomy to, 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 to get those jobs. Um, we had 15.8% go on for further education. And so let me put that into perspective. Some people are thinking, is that high? Is that low? It seems high. The 25-year the, the average here is about 17.5%. Okay. okay. So right now it is on the downward trend. The lowest I've ever seen it is right around 14%. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you would think that because right in a, in, a, in a good labor market for students, I don't have to worry about not finding a job and running into grad school to, to kind of find cover there. Versus 08, 09, and, and 9 and 10, when the markets tanked, we had 24% um, the first year going to grad school and 26%. That's a big difference. That's a huge yeah. difference. So we're definitely trending down. Um, and an interesting fact there, when I look at our placement data um, from this past year that we crunched, I looked at ag biz and ag studies. Collectively, that's 160 graduates we had. Zero went on for further education. First time in 25 years that I've ever seen wow. nobody go on yeah. out of those two combined. And that's unusual for ag biz because usually we'll have a couple in there that at least go on for law school and such yeah. there. And and we're seeing that, and it's supply and demand. I mean, it's a great market. We saw it with our, uh, our May grads this year. I think we had 60 ag biz students walk across the stage and 54 of those had jobs in hand at graduation. So again, uh, supply and demand really, really favors most students there from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, some other things that with you know that are worth pointing out when we look at those that went on for further education, about sixty percent came from two majors. Okay. okay, and those are biology and animal science, which really are no surprise, right? Vet school, mm-hmm. vet school, PT school, dental school, all that stuff, and about thirty-one percent of that population did go on to uh, to vet school from that standpoint there okay. as well. Um, about 4% go back to family farm, which is mm-hmm. a number that's held pretty constant um, um, over the last several years. And then, you know, and I, and I know we're going to probably talk about this here in a minute in terms of retaining talent in Iowa, but our, our in-state retention this year was about uh, 63% of our grads stayed in Iowa. Okay for their first full-time job when they did graduate. That's a very and cool stat. That's a good stat. Yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting in, in the 25 years that I've been in here, that's the one stat that's been pretty flat line. Actually, 63% is the really? lowest I've ever seen it. Huh. It's usually it's usually 68 to 70 flat line across there. Uh, university average is about 45%. Okay. You can drop as low as 30 for engineering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I think last year, or the last two years, we're, we've been the only college with above a 50% in-state retention there. So we, we can talk about that when we get to that, uh, that, yeah. that question a little later on. But we do take a lot of pride in the fact that we were able to retain a decent number of our, our graduates here. And people are like, what about the other 37%? You're losing those. But here's the reality. Like I told you before, 30% of our students are from out of state. Yes. Yeah, okay? so, so they're ag kids at heart. And, you know, the common thread is all roads lead back home. And so, yeah, they do. <laughs> so we, we, you know, it. we're drawing in a ton of students from Illinois and Wisconsin and Minnesota and boom, they just, they head back home and, and which is fine. It's totally yeah. understandable. Totally understandable. So that's just a little, you know, breakdown in terms of where we're at in terms of, of, of placement and enrollment here within Cal's. Well, very cool. I mean, I know, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on, right, is, um, our farmer members, obviously, if they have kids kind of thinking about schools, obviously Iowa State's probably 
on the top of mind. Um, so we, it's really good to go through, I think, some of those statistics, but also, right, like you're the guy that helps kids get college, you know, gets jobs out of college. And so I'm so excited to dive into some of these next questions for you. So kind of moving into the topic of ag careers, you know, I'm excited to hear this answer. What have you seen, you know, biggest change last five, 10 years? So can I, I'm going to stretch that out further. Okay, sure. I'm going to stretch it out to go 25 when I started. <laughs> yeah. So I go back to, to the late nineties. There's two changes that I tell everybody that, that, that really surprised me. One is Back then, there was a huge reliance on the grade point average. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can't imagine yeah. how many jobs I would get in the last sentence requirement must have a three point five GPA. Well, heck, if you have three point five GPA, <laughs> you're like in the top two or five percent, right? And, and probably going off to grad school. Um, mm -hmm. And and the reliance on GPA has dropped significantly. In fact, one of my favorite quotes is actually with a recruiter from Cargill who's got pretty high standards in terms of of recruitment, and he told me this. He goes. I would much rather have that student with a 2.8 GPA. It's got all sorts of activities that can yeah. do what? Look me in the eye and hold a conversation yeah. versus that 4.0 that's never seen the light of day outside the library. Yeah. You know? So it's been interesting to see, especially with major companies, how in fact the GPA might not even be in the mixer from that mm -hmm. standpoint, you know, um, which we'll probably talk about, you know, the ideal candidate out there from that standpoint. The other thing that I think is a huge change from 25 years ago is the timing of recruitment, mm -hmm. okay, which just amazes me. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that will agree with me from the 80s and the 90s is that people back then, they didn't even think of looking for, if you're a May grad, when you start looking, <laughs> spring break, right? Yeah. And, and and the same with internships. It was like spring break was 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 a go time. All right. And now, if you're a student or if you're an employer and you're looking at spring break, you're batting cleanup. It's just so the move has been toward fall semester, and, mm -hmm. and those are the really the big things that I've seen in 25 years. Now, when I look at the 10 year kind of outlook, I think you know. One of the trends that, that I'm personally very proud of is the fact that our career fair has grown significantly each October. Um, so when, when I started in 98, we had 135 companies at this. Um, we'd have it over in the Memorial Union. I thought, man, that's that's great, 135. And, and then we started out, grow it a little bit. And I remember my last few years, we, we put, you know, where the fountain is over there, we mm -hmm. put tents outside for this on the curb <laughs> just because we, we there's a fire code in the union they wouldn't let us so we put these tents out there and uh, today i remember this it was so cold because it used to be in november too so it was so cold that one of these employers actually ran to lowe's to get a space heater for it there. so it's like we need to move and so in 2010 we uh we moved over to lead rec center and, and they've just been great to work with and it's it to me it's a perfect venue for it um and it's, so it's grown significantly over. And so last year, um, boy, we were, we were just so proud. We had, we had 289 companies and organizations at that event. It's our largest event ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and what was cool about it was it was, you know, during COVID you had your virtual career fairs. Everybody hated them. Yeah. students, employers, mm -hmm. right? This thing had, this event had such a great energy level because the employers were back face to face, students were there face to face, and they wanted to be there. And we all know this working in agriculture, it's all about what? Yeah, relationship building. Yeah. Bingo. And so, so it was just a, it was a great event. It's the largest event of its kind in the country. Um, this year, it was about 125 larger than the next. Um, 
largest career fair in, in the United States, or ag career fair from that perspective mm-hmm. there. So it was just a great day. And, you know, I've been telling a few students lately, if if the number of emails and phone calls we've been getting is any indicator, we haven't opened it up yet. We'll open up registration in about three weeks or so. But if that those those inquiries are an indicator, this next fall is going to be or this October one will be uh, another fantastic that's from awesome. that standpoint. So, so that's one thing that uh, has changed a lot over 10 years. The other is timing. Um, you know, like I said, everything happens in the fall. It's mm-hmm. it, the last few years have been the most, and I'm sure, you know, Cami and, 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 and Lori and Holly will attest to this, but man, you just, you have to move on these things. So, you know, for career days on a Tuesday, Wednesday's our interview day in the Memorial Union. And I'm not kidding you, by Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night, offers are out. And they're oh, yeah. fast and flying. And, you know, and I've got kids in my office Thursday morning. I got an offer from A. I want B or vice versa. What do I do? So recruiters have just gotten so much more aggressive mm-hmm. in terms of, especially on the internship side. And so the last two years have been the most aggressive that I've ever seen from that standpoint. So timing is one thing. The other thing that that is the last couple of years, it's no surprise, our salaries. Salaries have mm-hmm. definitely been on the uptick. And we um, we, ho- we we help coordinate a salary summary every year, a salary survey. It's, in, in, it's a national, um, um, you know, I don't want to call it production, but it's a national you know, report where we, we work with about 20 other ag schools throughout the country and we collect data points. Uh, it's, we break it down into nine different sectors. So ag business, agronomy, animal science, mm-hmm at com, you know, and within each of those, we identified maybe one of the top 10 to 15 jobs that students go into. And then we collect data from all the schools and then we compile it here. And we're in the middle of, of doing that right now, putting together this year's report. But last year's report, I was so anxious to see, giving all the inflationary measures that we've had, like, all right, this will be interesting. And it did not disappoint. Last year, which would have been for fall 21, spring 22, out of those nine sectors, the average increase was 8.4%, the average. And I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. And and what's even more encouraging is, we were talking before we got here, is that I just was crunching some of the uh, salary from our May grads, our recent May 2023 grads. Ah, oh, they can't be that. They can't be like they were last year. And, and I looked at probably five or six or more of the production-oriented ag majors there, and the lowest was up 6.6% from that year so these last two really? years have yeah. just been phenomenal run for salaries i mean average egg biz starting salary is just under sixty thousand. x studies 57.5 economy 55 um so again it's just it's it's supply and demand from from that standpoint um one other thing i'll close out on the trends that i've seen anytime you've got a good job market like that the other thing that you got working against you is, it's sad to say, but job hopping is is alive yeah. and well out there with with today's generation of students. Um, and so there's kind of a, I always tell people there's a second pandemic. It's called job hopping, and it just amazes me how many students are not afraid, even within a year of taking their first job. And I'm sure you're chuckling because I know you know those types that are oh my gosh, they're yeah. out of there, you know. And I think I think some is driven by money, mm-hmm. some is driven by geographies. Our geographic needs, but I really think what happened, and we kind of talked about this too before you got here, was that during the pandemic, those kids that graduated in 20 and 21, especially 20, they're working remotely. Yeah. And everybody thinks, oh, it's great to work remotely. I think mid-career people, mid-young career people like it, but entry-level students or graduates, 
No way. Yeah, They're you need connection. You need, you need connection. connection. So these students, and I talked to a lot of them in 2020 that were were locked in their 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 apartments, yeah. staring at the computer screen. They need the social interaction. And what they also don't get, which is huge, which I think is one of the driving factors behind job hopping, is um, they don't get the mentorship. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, they don't need their hands held, but you want you want to grow as a person. You want to grow with the job, you mm-hmm. know, and, and you want that mentorship from these people. And they weren't getting that. And then you get those thoughts of is a grass greener on the other side and they start looking. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, that that that's something that that it's going to be around for a while, I'm afraid. Yeah, so. for sure. OK, well, I think one thing that we're seeing and we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but right, like it's no surprise, I'm sure even in Ames and Des Moines, but especially small town Iowa, right? You walk in, your grocery store is very short staffed. Your local restaurants are very short staffed. We talked about labor is hard to find right now. Um, I mean, especially in rural Iowa, um, how do you think Iowa State University, especially in your role um, as career director, but how are careers in ag really shifting to meet this this trial? Yeah, I think, you know, our goal with our students here is you wanted them to come out with a global perspective, right? Yeah, for sure. Especially all things relevant to agriculture, a global perspective there. But in terms of us getting students to go back to these these rural areas, we kind of have demographics favoring us because we kind of talked about it before. A high percentage of our students do want to go back home or Mm -hmm. some maybe if they're from the rural areas, be connected with maybe the family farm operation too, have yep. a job, have their cake and eat it to work, work a job for a company and help out the family farm. Yeah. And so the fact that, you know, 63 to 70% go back, we take that as a positive from that standpoint. So there's, there's really not a whole lot we're doing to push them back that way, but I think it's just the, it's happening, the, yeah. the, the demographics of it that they want to go back and do that there from that, that standpoint. Um, and like I said, um, we're, we're, we're probably the only, college here with, with above a 50% in-state uh, mm-hmm. retention rate from that standpoint. So there's not anything we're doing in classes. I don't, you know, you've got to go back home yeah. and support rural <laughs> Iowa, but it's just the type of students that we're getting here and, yeah. and, you know, wanting to get back home from that perspective. I mean, do you think that there are, you know, majors that are, you know, way more popular now than before to kind of help with data and things like that? Or, I mean, what is, what's the future look like? Yeah. So you, you know, you talk about careers right now that, I, I, you know, you look at the last five to 10 years, I mean, all the stuff in terms of technology, which is way above this old guy's head, <laughs> I'm telling you, the GPS, the, 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 the use of sensors, you yeah. know, Everywhere the use of sensors, you know, I think of BJ Bredman with his startup at Distinct and Bartow. I mean, just it's amazing where, where, where these things are going, the technology and to your point, the big data mm-hmm. to maximize profits out there. That stuff. Um, yeah, that, that, that probably has appeal to certain majors out there. Um, so I, if I look at other careers that are that are in high demand right now that may not have that tie to the rural areas, so to speak. But I look over the years and um, AgCom, the last couple of years has just been on a, on a major tear. So you look at, you know, companies, organizations that are hiring, you know, digital marketing people mm-hmm. that, are, that are hiring social media, they're hiring communication experts. You look at the the agencies out there. There's so many agencies out there that yeah. we've got somebody that can specialize in, in, in communications and has the ag piece, bingo. Yeah. Know? And so... There's been a lot, and what's great about Iowa State too is that we've just 
the ag comm used to be an option within. I was just going to ask about this. Yeah, yes. it, it used to be an option within ag education. We'd have ag education major, agriculture, life sciences education major, with an option in teacher cert and an option in ag comm. And so Logan and I were just talking that, I mean, effective this fall, it's now an ag comm major there, which is going to be a great draw. Yeah, very cool. But, but I was just seeing I, the last couple of years, the number of, of opportunities coming through both at the internship and the full-time level yeah. at com is just is 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 just truly amazing out there from that standpoint. Some other ones I think ag ed teachers, you know, what's driving that? Um, one, it's a tough career. All oh, right, gosh, I yeah. just spoke at the ag ed um, teachers conference and I said all of you are nominated for sainthood because you're teaching ag ed. I mean, it's not yeah. an easy job, you know. You know they really don't get summers no. off. <laughs> Uh, but they do a great job there and they, they send us so many good students. It's, yeah. it's, it's great. Um, but there's a lot of pending retirements yeah. in there. And so that's, that's creating a great market. And, and when I go back to that salary summary that I talked about within that, that pod, that ag com and, in in ag ed, ag ed teachers last year had a really nice, about a $5,000 increase in their oh, average good. starting salary, which, which is much needed because of what you know coming out of the pandemic i was really worried about two careers in particular anybody teaching and the nursing profession there yeah. so to see that bump for ag ed teachers man they deserve every every nickel of it there yeah. you know kind of on that same note um from an ag biz perspective ag lending mm-hmm. is is in high demand whether these are at community level banks or if they're front credit the robos of the world there's a high demand there as well. And I think what's driving that is similar to the I get is that there's a lot of boomer, the top heavy boomers in those 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 yep. industries that are that are that are pulling talent in there too from that standpoint. Um, we've seen high demand in, in vets. Okay. I mean, veterinarian for a while there, it's like, why do you want to go into vet school? You have all that <laughs> debt, you're not gonna make that much money. But ever since the pandemic, and you think about it. How many millions of people adopted pets or brought yeah. out pets? The yeah. demand for vets is exploded. And we see that, you, you know, hopefully you saw it higher when you were here. But, I, you know, as a manager, I see these jobs and companies that come through. And the number of veterinary clinics that registered with Sci Hire in the last five years is mind-boggling. I talked to my counterpart um, a couple weeks ago. I said, I'm curious, how many applicants did you have for your incoming class this fall? Mm-hmm. Okay, keep in mind. 136 students get into vet school here. Mm-hmm. From everywhere. Yeah. From everywhere. Yeah. She said the pool of applicants was 2,150 applications for vet school. That's crazy. Mind-boggling. And, but she said salaries are up, very impressively up, and signing bonuses as well as loan forgiveness by some of the government entities to, mm-hmm. to attract these people to, to rural Location, especially large, large animal yeah. mix there. So, so that's uh, that's another area that uh, is is in really high demand. You know, I'd, I'd I'd like to think our motto or my mindset at least is this: is that if you come in and we really haven't even talked about it, what positions you for success? If you come in and embrace those things that make you a, a, a worthy candidate, you can get a job in any major that you mm-hmm. want. You know, the reality is right now in in ag is this: is that you know if if you're graduating from ag school and you can't find a job out there, it's I, I would attribute it to three things. One, lack of effort, right? Two, lack of preparation in terms of maybe racing internships and stuff like that that mm-hmm. employers want to see on um, the resume. And three, maybe there's or there could be a geographic restriction as well, which yeah. would, would, would limit your search there. But so that's my mindset. If you put your mind to it, you can you can find a job in anything you want to do. 
but boy, we could use some more students in agronomy. Okay. Um, and the good news is there. I talked to uh, Heidi Ackerman. Uh, we just wrapped up orientation here. And I said, how do your freshman numbers look? And she said, I think she said their freshman, incoming freshman numbers are 45%, which is Oh my great. gosh, that's yeah, crazy. That's, that's really, really good. Um, but I look at other majors like, like food science, okay? Um, demand for people in that area is just off. And the salaries are great. We had, we had, I think, we only had 10 students graduate cows from food science this year. Mm. 10. Out of the five reported salaries, the average salary was 70.2,000. I was shocked. So... If a parent came in and said, hey, here's my son, here's my daughter, they have no idea what they want to do, but they're passionate about the sciences and they're, they've got a creative flair to them, I'm walking them right across the street to head call <laughs> and introduce them to Kate Gilbert for, for food science because there's so many, and you've seen it at Career Day, there's so many food companies, and whether it's quality, oh, yeah. whether it's R&D, whether it's production, food is huge. And the other one we need a lot of students is, is horticulture. Hort's mm -hmm. really on a nice role because of the pandemic. Right. Uh, everybody's landlocked at home. They've got money to spend, but they couldn't spend it where they, they, they end up spending on home improvement projects, yep. you know. And so the demand for people in landscape design, landscape construction or, or, or you know, install, um, you know, landscape maintenance, uh, greenhouse production and, and nursery management demand for people in those areas. We saw a really nice increase in average salaries in, in horticulture last year. And on that same note. Um, the golf course side of things, you know, I mentioned yeah. earlier when I was, when I left there in 98, we had 180 turf majors. I think there's like 30 turf majors right it's now. Crazy. And yeah. what's crazy about that is half of them are sports turf. And so what happened during the pandemic, golf yeah. took off again and it was a much needed shot mm -hmm. in the arm for the sport. And so there's a, it's, it's like the lending. It's like, you know, the teacher piece, there's a lot of boomers in the turf side of things that. Uh, anybody that wanted to go into turf management golf course right now, there's going to be some great opportunities down the road there too. So there's just some certain majors. We really just need a few more students. In. Yeah. Okay. Well, you obviously probably talk about this a lot. Yeah. Uh, when students, you mentioned, you know, and I remember the day, right? <laughs> it was like, okay, you've got an offer here an offer here. What are we going to do? So what do you think your, your biggest piece of advice to students that graduated this May or, or next May would be, you know, kind of walking into a post COVID world, right? It's aggressive. As you mentioned, tell us what your biggest piece of advice is. In terms of, 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 maybe negotiating an offer or just, how do you, I think walking into a, a your just, first full-time role. You, it, great question. Here's my biggest piece of advice. Oh, it's so simple. Give, give it a chance. Yeah. Give it a chance. I can't tell you how many people, and I get it. I've been there. We've all been there. Transitioning from college to the real world is not easy. Yeah. You know, and anytime you're transitioning to a new job, it's not easy. Heck, I remember coming from work to, to, to this job going, make the right call you know <laughs> it, it's it's human nature to have those those yeah. those those doubts and so my biggest piece of advice is this is that you just want to give it a chance and if you're still not feeling it you need to communicate with your immediate supervisor maybe it's not living up to your expectations you're not seeing what was promised communicate rather than just say all right there's got to be bigger and better things out there mm -hmm. okay and the last thing you want to do especially at an early age is fall into that job hopper category where you've got that those red flags popping up on your resume. Mm -hmm. All right, this person's had three jobs in five years. What's up? You yeah. know? And so so that's the best piece of advice I would give you is that 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 you just you're gonna have those feelings. Yeah. It's totally normal. 
give it a chance. Your first job won't be your last job. I can promise you that. <laughs> I love that. And I remember, you know, somebody told me a few years ago, um, focus on living life one year at a time yeah. when it comes to your career. Great mantra. And yeah. I was like, oh, that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you can kind of reevaluate and figure out, you know, what are my goals in this career every single year, right? Yeah. Um, so anyways, I think that's great. Yeah. Well, one thing we did want to definitely, you know, hone in on is here at Landis, we have an internship program. Um, and so I was talking to Katie to get some facts because I'm clearly not in the HR department. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have 14 interns this year here at Landis, anywhere from agronomy, our 101 interns, operation. Um, but something kind of even cool that I saw on the list was like we even have an event coordination, you know, so um, still we're an ag company, yep. clearly. Um, but, you know, you don't have to be solely focused on on ag to, to I think, you know, walk into some of these company doors, too, which is is interesting. Um, but, you know, I think it's exciting. Right. Like looking back at my years at Iowa State, um, internships were so important to figure out what you want to do and what you never want to do again. Well, that's so. a great way of looking at it. Absolutely. <laughs> they are. I mean, we just got that with orientation. I had a lot of, a lot of parents come in with, with their son or daughter. Oh, and you yeah. can just tell they're all excited. I said, do me a favor. If you heed one bit of my advice here is make sure you maximize every summer that you're here. Mm -hmm. Every summer that you're here. You're not going to get, you know, the Corteva sales internship or the John Deere marketing internship your freshman year. But yep, there's a pathway to get to those. There is, yeah. And so the, I, I, you really tell students to embrace those things because um, there's such a win-win. And you hit the nail on the head. I like it. I don't like it, mm -hmm. right? And I can look at other options next year from that standpoint. You know, 95% of our internships within CALS are paid, which is great because yes. that's not the case across the no. country with a lot of internships. Yeah. And they're paid very, very well. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember what our average hourly wage last year was like $16.50. And it's probably going to go up this year when we crunch it. Um, but what I really like when I look at our internship survey, and, and we were talking about that, Logan and I were talking about it, is that um, – about 45% of the kids that had internships last year said they had a capstone project with that. Yeah. Rather than just day-to-day -day go scout fields or whatever. Yeah. There's there's something there that they're given ownership of, yeah. right? And they love it, you know, and that's their baby, so to speak. And at the end, you have those wrap-ups. Um, and, and I always tell students, you better get that on your resume. It's amazing how many don't get that on their resume. Yeah. That special project there. But, but um, they're just, they are win-win and most importantly, it's networking as well. Mm -hmm. You know what? And the final thing I'll say about that is they become such a huge feeder system for full-time employment. I, I love the first two weeks of the year. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it because the bulk of my appointments the first two weeks of the year are those students coming back between junior and senior year, right? They've just wrapped up their third internship and they're coming back with a job offer. Yeah. Year. Should I take this? How do I negotiate? I hate it. You can <laughs> seriously, you can see the fear of God in their eyes. Like, yeah. Um, should I? You know, because <laughs> these this company's just trained you. The last thing they want is you to walk over to Lead Rec Center. And go to I'm only day. laughing because the, like this brings so many memories yeah. back. <laughs> and so you sit down with them, and you know the sad reality in today's day and age, most students are driven by money, mm -hmm. you know, um, but you kind of walk them through the whole benefit package and explain them, no, you can't stay in mom and dad's health insurance forever, right? <laughs> and here's how 401k works. And, you know, you just, you try and give them the big picture. And I've been impressed, you know, a lot of the kids that I, I work with this spring, one word I heard a lot from them in terms of 
accepting one versus the other was the word culture, which mm-hmm. is like, hallelujah. They're seeing the big picture, right? They, yeah. they've interned with them. They got a feel for the culture. they like the people that they're going to be working with. And that was for them what sealed the deal. So yeah. that's ultimately why your third summer is the most important, but it, it's amazing how it stresses them out. But boy, what a great problem to have. I mean, yeah. can you imagine coming back for your senior year before September 1 even gets here to be locked and loaded as long as you pass your classes and yep. you stay out of trouble, you, you're on easy street. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's one thing, you know, Katie mentioned here uh, in her email to me to prepare was, you know, they have kind of that capstone project, right, where they're given sort of a, an industry task that they are kind of working all summer to to work on or figure out that, you know, problem. And then they go and present that to our kind of executive leadership team, uh, which is in itself a great opportunity, right? Like, absolutely scary. It's scary. Yeah, exactly. But But you've got to learn, you know, how to do that, which is really, really great. Right. So yeah, I love the fact that so many did offer that capstone piece to it. Yeah. It's huge. And Katie definitely wanted us to mention we, we were planning on being at the career fair uh, this good. fall. <laughs> I and would so, hope so, yeah. yeah obviously want to have a presence, but um, you know, I've again, always, I've, I mean, I've just always enjoyed working with your team, you know, whether it's Tammy or Lori yeah. and, and Holly. Um, and I think that's to your credit because I, I, I get hit up a lot by companies. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I just I gave this talk couple of weeks ago, I said, on a normal year, I might get 10 companies that call me up and say, all right, let's talk strategy. What can we do to enhance our brand here yeah. on campus? This last year, I had over 40 companies reach out saying, we're not finding talent. What can we do? Okay. Um, and one of the things where companies, I think, really suffer, when I think of companies that have done well recruiting, mm-hmm. they've got one thing, it's stability, stability in their HR team with people that have been around a while, that know the programs, that mm-hmm. know the students, that can relate to the students. And and so, yeah, I think Landis has done a great job with that over the years there in terms of some really good stability there with their core recruitment team. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I think, you know, probably our core listeners are, right, our former, our former members of this podcast, but also, you know, maybe people in agribusiness. So definitely, you know, if you have kids that are going to be at Iowa State or going to be attending Iowa State in the next few years, you know, I hope you understand from this podcast, the fall career fair is so important, Um, so important. And so um, just another plug there, but you're kind of wrapping up. What else do you want to be sure to add as we think about ag careers? Yeah, I, I would just say this. I mean, this is this is the most unique labor market I know I'm going to ever see in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I know I'll never see it. It is so unique. And if I look at it from an employer perspective, I tell employers this. You have my sympathy. My condolences. <laughs> I understand the, the, the challenge that's out there in terms of attracting mm-hmm. talent, it's incredibly tough, you know. Um, and on the flip side, with our students, I don't want to say this too loudly, but this is a classic case of where the inmates control the prison. I mean, th- I, I think most of our students have no idea how good this market really is in the big picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, You go back to people that have been with Landis with a long time and worked with Roger Brini back in the 80s and early 90s, people would sleep outside the steps of Curtis Hall just to get an interview, okay? mm. just to get an interview. That's how that's how, how, how things have changed. So the market's great. Um, don't take it for granted. You've got to position yourself, and you're going to do that through you know, the internships. You're going to do it through the leadership involvement to help enhance those soft skills that employers desire. Mm-hmm. We've got a wonderful study abroad program here. 
Um, you got great, cool opportunities with that. And then, of course, yeah, obviously, I didn't, and I mean to downplay the GPA but when we started, but you want to get good grades, too. Yeah. That's a, that's a positive indicator. So you need to embrace those, those things and not just take this whole thing for granted. And the reality is, too, we're probably locked into this market for a while here. You know, when you think about the demographics of, of, of students today and going to college, they've got a lot more choices out there. So the supply mm-hmm. and demand for, for ag kids is going to be great, is going to be strong. And then you, you look at a lot of industries that we've touched on today that are top heavy and boomers. Yeah. And so there's a lot of pending retirements out there that are going to create that vacuum for talent in, in this industry as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I definitely want to thank you for joining us Thanks today. For me. Absolutely. Uh, really enjoyed, you know, bringing this podcast on the road. Like I said, we've got to keep up with our agronomy <laughs> side of the podcast. They've been out on the road a little bit. Um, but thank you for our listeners or to our listeners for listening in um, to this episode and be sure that you subscribe so you don't miss a grain or an agronomy podcast episode. Um, we also just want to make sure we give a plug for upcoming Innovation Connector events. Um, so we have some events coming up here summer and the fall. So our first dates are going to be August 17th and the 18th. And then our September dates are the 7th and 8th. We have lots of fun raffles that are happening for our attendees that are attending our connector events. And one of the fun things about being here at Iowa State today is one of those um, raffle items is a kind of sweet experience for the Iowa State game. So uh, kind of fun to be here and, and talk about that today. But thanks for listening. Be sure to join us next time.